0: Welcome to P.S. Let's Talk Love. I'm Marsha. And I'm Solvay. We're communication professors and dating and relationship coaches. And in each episode, we'll be talking about dating, love, relationships, and all their complexities.
1: We're here to help you navigate the sometimes awful, sometimes exhilarating, and oftentimes
0: bonkers elements of all things relationships. We want to emphasize that this podcast is separate from our teaching and research at our university jobs. It is, however, part of our desire to bring dating and relationship support to folks everywhere.
1: Let's talk love. Hello and welcome listeners to episode... 42 of PS. Let's talk love. We're going to be getting into all things Ted Lasso here in a minute, but before we do that, as we like to start our episodes, Solveig, what are you loving this week?
0: Well, I, first of all, I want to do a call back to last week, the week before, whenever we were talking about the game, we're not really strangers. Uh-huh. And I just want to say that I, I, my family. I was home for Thanksgiving last week, and my family is like notoriously sarcastic, and like doesn't like doing things usually like this. But I just sort of like pulled out the game, and a few times was like, "Oh, maybe we should ask each other questions," and we did a few times, and mm-hmm. it created such interesting conversation once again. So, oh, good. I just want to say that was fun. I also had a really, one of the things I'm loving is trying to figure out how to get the World Cup on so that my dad could watch it. (laughs) at my parents' house in Fairbanks and I could watch it too, but I've watched a few World Cup games. That's been kind of fun. And especially in, a, in the spirit of Ted Lasso lately, I've just mm-hmm. been enjoying thinking about soccer and I was able to figure, you know, it's my parents don't normally have like a lot of channels or ways to watch things at, at, up in Fairbanks, but I was able to figure out and watch some World Cup games with my dad, which was very fun. Oh, that is cool. I've also been watching the World Cup. Have you? Do you have a team you're going for right now? Well, the U.S. The US yes, <laughs> yes, me too. Do you have other teams, or is it mostly the U.S.?
1: No, it's mostly the U.S. I was rooting for Wales, but uh, spoiler alert: that they are no longer in the tournament. So, um, I'll, I need to reassess when we get into when they finish up the pool play this first. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. By the time people are listening to this, they'll probably there probably will be more information. But yes, I would say. Well-being. If it's not the U.S., I'm going for Argentina. If okay. still are, they still av- are they still available? <laughs> I think they're still doing. I well. think... Actually, I haven't looked at the score today. Did they get knocked out? I don't know. They played this morning. Okay, I'm gonna look. While You're we're gonna talking.
1: look. I'll, I'll hold yeah. for time. I'll talk during this. Yes. Um, here's a funny World Cup story that happened in my household. So, lis- listeners, just so you know, no one in this household really watches sports that much. I'll watch like March Madness, college basketball. But Dustin is not a sports watcher at all. Um, And as such, he's like not familiar with some of the things you need to do if you're going to record a game and watch it later. So yesterday, uh, the U.S. and Iran played, right? And it was like, it was an important game. game. Yeah. And it was at 10 a.m. And of course, like we're working at that time and we had meetings, so we couldn't watch live and I was like, okay, we'll record it. And he like went and he he recorded it because we have all channels because he works for a cable company. Um, and <laughs> there are several things we learned about this. Number one, so one of the things you have to do when you're recording something that's live is you have to extend like the amount of time you're recording it. Like it'll say it's allotted for like, I don't know, from 10 to noon. But with live things, like things come up and sometimes it goes over and oh, it right. really tends to go over if it's like a close game or, you know, like, Match. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, So he didn't extend the time again, cause he doesn't ever, he never records anything period. Um, let alone games. The other thing he didn't do, and I had said something, I was like, okay, we'll just be careful about like social media or news alerts. Because that that will probably come through. So you don't want to see the score, right? Like the whole point is to watch the game and and not know how it ends, right? Yeah. We are sitting having lunch at, you know, 12 whatever. Whenever that game ended, he immediately got a notification from BBC. The only news source that Dustin uses, which is going to be the only news source that probably announces that type of thing. Yeah. And he like looked down and he was like, oh, I was like, "What?" He goes, "I know about the game," and I was like, "You didn't turn <laughs> on your notifications?" And he was like, "I didn't think about." It. Oh my gosh! So not only did he immediately immediately know the outcome of the game, but then also we're watching the game because I didn't see the score. I was like, "Well, I'm." Oh, you were like,
0: "Don't wait. tell me." You said, "Don't yeah. tell me." I was okay, like, and he didn't to react. To, well, I don't want to know.
1: Okay. And then we're watching it, and <laughs> the last like. I don't know it was like the last 5 minutes we it cut out because <laughs> no. it didn't ex- no. and I was like well I guess maybe the US one I, I'll
0: google it to
1: figure it out so I had to google it anyway
0: Dang it! Oh my gosh, that is a ridiculous story. <laughs> yeah. So
1: it was—it was just really funny to me because I'm like, oh, you don't you, like—you've never dealt with this. My like, growing up, my dad watches all the sports and cares deeply about a lot of teams, and so it was like—I mean, not that we had social media and stuff, but I remember so many times him being like, "Don't say to score," like you know, or like, oh, no, yeah, because he recorded it on VHS, right? Uh, but. So that's like such a part of like, I don't, it's like my internal, my memories, right? Like, I just know that's how you do it. Like, here are the things you have to do to make sure it's a surprise. And, uh, Dustin is not familiar because his family, nobody watches sports.
0: Oh my gosh. That's so funny. I'm totally, I I totally get that. I feel like I'm with Dustin in that one, but, um, but also I'm start, I guess I'm becoming a football fan.
1: Yeah. Well, how did Argentina Um, do?
0: They won. They won. So that's cool. Are they advancing? Yeah, uh, I don't know yet I can't write yeah, I'm gonna have to look okay. more I okay. just can see that they won this game that was today that I yeah I've been working I've had other things <laughs> I've yeah. been watching football today <laughs> but <laughs> I do like looking at the scores and I've been watching it on the weekends which is fun
1: yeah I like yeah. how for Alaska it's I mean we wake up super early so on the weekends like we'll turn on and the game is just starting at like six Oh my fun.
0: gosh. Wow. I'm just catching the last game at 10 AM for Alaska. <laughs> but that's fun. And I guess the other thing that I'm loving, I'm curious, I don't think this is your genre, but I ended up watching the, I think it's the latest Star Wars spinoff called Andor. Is is Dustin into that? Is this where Dustin and I overlap?
1: This is where you and Dustin overlap. I don't hate Star Wars, but I'm not like a rabid fan. So Mm -hmm. I ended up not watching it. He watched it on his own and really liked it. And it sounds from what I have heard, it is being like kind of discussed as possibly the best Star Wars property since like some of the movies, some of the original movies, I think. I don't know. Obviously, I didn't listen that hard. Did you like it?
0: I really liked it. I mean, I love the, the main actor, Diego Luna, is uh, just one of my favorite actors anyway. Um, but it was very well done and very entertaining. And I agree. I, I don't know if I would describe myself as a rabid Star Wars fan, but I I do think I'm a Star Wars fan. I mean, I'm clearly a Star Wars fan. And I found it quite entertaining and wanted to keep watching and was very pleased with all, like, all of it. I was like, that was really well done. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. So... That that's my hot rack this week okay. in addition to our to, to for all the other fellow star wars fans out there
1: <laughs> we're really we ted lasso is in the feminine space right now we are in what i would consider the traditionally masculine space
0: of sports and star wars we are these are not normal topics no. for us are they what are you loving this week
1: well let's turn
0: that corner because my- <laughs> are we back to taylor swift <laughs>
1: Um, I will say about Taylor Swift, though, uh, it, I believe it was announced. I, sh- I guess I should t- check the credibility of the thing I saw, but there really are no tickets left on her t- tour.
0: Oh, that was why you people they weren't selling more. Yeah. Wow. That's go, it. Taylor.
1: Whew. Everything goes my way, right? Everything Whew. goes your way. Seriously. Um, what I am lo- loving this week Is okay. Wait, first, one little thing I'm loving. I was running yesterday morning and saw I I guess you'd call it like a shooting star or a meteor. Whoa. So like you know how like you'll see a shooting star at night and it but it's like really small, right? It's just like a quick like you could almost miss
0: it. You could almost miss it. it
1: You easily miss it, right? Yeah, yeah. This was like so close. Like I could see the tail of it like it was like the coolest thing and I just happened to like I was running along the coastal trail and I looked up and it was kind of like the sun was just like there was light but the sun wasn't up by any stretch it was still pretty dark out and I could see the tail and like I followed it and because it was so close it seemed like it was moving slower right it wasn't super fast and followed it and then it hit what I assume is like it got far enough into the atmosphere and there was this like green flash and it then it like disappeared
0: so it must have like, Whoa. burnt up. it was
1: so cool. That is
0: super cool. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. I think I might've been scared a little bit. Were you scared or was it, it wasn't scary. It was pretty.
1: It was pretty. I mean, there was, a, I was like, I'm pretty sure. Well, it took me like a few minutes to be like, okay, that was definitely like a meteorite or space debris coming into the atmosphere. Like, mm-hmm. I know that that's probably what it was, but I also like after it disappeared I like kind of waited for a minute or so to be like is am I going to feel gonna like feel a shake? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And then I really like, kind of was like or maybe sirens, I have no idea how far away it would have been, you know, it's hard to tell. Right. But um it I wasn't like scared scared. I was just like that was pretty cool. Um That is pretty cool. And that's like one thing I have been really loving is I run outside as much as I can. Like it takes a lot of bad weather for me to come inside and run on a treadmill. And I almost ran on a treadmill yesterday because yeah, it was pretty like chilly out right now. Below. Yeah, it was <laughs> yeah. cold. But yeah. Obie, my sweet little husky, was, looking, was like looking sad and I could tell she wanted to run. And listeners, in case you are worried at all, I promise she is a husky. She is impervious to the cold. She's like, this is great. Yeah, um, she's happy. but I was like, Oh, I guess I'll, I'll just suck it up. I'll run outside. And then I was so like rewarded for it. I feel no
0: like. kidding. How cool. It was really a cool thing to see also slightly overlaps with the star Wars topic from earlier. It I'm just kind
1: of does. Well, there we go. Just, just creating segues left and right here.
0: I have to tell you, my mom was watching Star Wars with us. For, I watched it mostly with my dad, the the Andor show. And my mom at some point was like, "I just don't know if I like any of these shows because it always seems like there's a conflict or something." And it was like, "Well, it is called Star Wars. <laughs> like, that's why. That's that's what you see." <laughs>
1: and and also, I unfortunately conflict is sort of present in all I know. things media. I know. Like Conflict drives plot. <laughs>
0: I know. It's just I think she was talking about the like the battles or whatever. But oh. it is interesting how like a word can become a thing. I feel like that's a Ted Lasso thing. Like I don't think of Star Wars as being about war. I just think about no. it being Star Wars, like a it's just like a thing. But then yeah. I was like, oh yeah, that is what those words mm-hmm. say.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Good point. Good point. Well are you loving more
0: things? Or
1: was I am, that your what I, go on? I am also loving <laughs> knitting I'm learning to knit that's
0: right my
1: neighbor I mean she's my friend also but I I always describe her as my neighbor because that seems like you know the more unique characteristic about her yeah yeah. she is teaching me how to knit and it's going really well and it's been really fun so I should have I mean I have a couple things completed they're mostly mostly dishcloths but they do have designs on them Uh, one of them has a dog on it
0: Wow, you knitted a dog! Yeah,
1: washcloth. That's right. She, my neighbor, likes to tell me that I am quite gifted at knitting, and Probably. I am like, I will accept that. I don't feel like it's that hard, but I'll still accept it.
0: I I think it sounds like you're gifted. You're just learning, and you did that. I mean, I don't know yeah. anything about knitting, but I'm impressed.
1: Well, I should have. I'll, I'll share on the uh, on our Instagram. I'll actually I'll share the images of the dog yes, thing and and I'm also going to be cre- doing a scarf. I have the all the stuff for it and it should be pretty quick and it gives me kind of outlandery vibes
0: Ooh. and listeners
1: you guys probably remember how much we love Outlander. So we do
0: love Outlander. Maybe that's pretty that's exciting. Next, as maybe well. that's our next two years of content. Oh God, it's so dark. <laughs> yeah. Actually take that back. Yeah. I don't know if I can handle that. Um, oh, that's and- wonderful. I, you read my mind. I was going to ask if you'd share on Instagram, sharing the yeah. stories.
1: And then the last thing I will just a quick hot rack, Um, the movie spirited on apple oh is it cute is it i mean cute funny
0: cute i don't know i just promoted okay
1: it's funny i was trying to think about if it would be appropriate for you and your family although i guess you maybe aren't going to see your family
0: over now it's just me until i go to ireland yeah
1: well i would still recommend it i was there's not any like sex in the movie i think there is there's definitely cussing but Mm -hmm. it's really fun it's i love musicals it's
0: i gotta watch i mean it's will ferrell and ryan reynolds yeah, right like, it's
1: very fun. classic yeah, i think you'll like it a okay
0: lot. okay i mean it is time to start watching holiday movies isn't it for any for any of us i mean I'm, we're gonna really switch genres here from what we were previously talking about to like which holiday rom-coms are you getting ready to watch right. <laughs> that's uh, next that's next week
1: yes All right, listeners, we are on season one, episode nine of Ted Lasso. And we're going to start off with a quick recap of this episode before we dig in. So this episode focuses really heavily on Roy's age and the realization that his days as a footballer are dwindling. Rebecca finally reveals to Ted her evil plot, only to have him immediately forgive her. What an asshole. And Ted is forced to face his obligations to the team as he looks at the reality of needing to bench Roy. Uh, So that's the the episode in a nutshell. This episode really felt honed in on those three characters. Mm -hmm. And as we were looking at themes, the one that stood out to us is really around identity. This idea of who are you, right? Who am I? And we kind of see that play out with Roy, Rebecca, and Ted, and we're going to break down this episode in that way. We're going to kind of look at each of them, and we know that their stories intertwine, but uh, but we have a lot of examples of the ways that identity is evolving with each of these people, and I have to say, I got a nerd out about (laughs) this topic. My master's thesis was on identity management and identity construction, so I was like, this episode was
0: tailor-made for me. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait to hear your insights. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. So let's start off with Roy, because, I mean, it's Roy. <laughs> because because we like Roy. Because. because. Because and because he was such a focus of this episode too, mm-hmm. so I mean we see at the very beginning, very beginning. I mean we we've we've kind of heard this the whole. I don't know if the whole season so far, but certainly throughout the episodes, we've heard comments about Roy you know, not being the player that he used to be. Right. And so there's a, there's a lot of foreshadowing. Um, mm-hmm. But as this scene opens, we, or as this um, episode opens, we see him, um, you know, in a, in a nice bath, having had a rough game the night or the day before, I don't know if it was, the, it was then maybe it was anyway, having yeah. had a rough game, having had not a good game. And, um, you know, clearly, processing that in the way Roy does in an ice bath with a lot of anger, with a lot of anger. I mean, I was like, way to go with the ice bath. I mean, I feel like that's a really good (laughs) contrast to the, (laughs) I was also just amazed that he was sitting in it for so long, but we see him, you know, already grappling with that at the beginning of this episode.
1: Right. And, and I think like all season, they like you said, they made those comments like he's old, he's losing a step. But I feel like they really ramped up like, oh, no, it's not just that like maybe he isn't quite as good as he used to be. Like he is now really negatively impacting the team because, I mean, they show this episode. I don't, I didn't catch it the first time. And Dustin actually is the one who caught this. They said that he, there was a self-goal, like Roy scored a goal on themselves
0: oh I didn't hear that either okay yeah.
1: and they used a link maybe they said they said something that was like kind of more football lingo that mm-hmm. I don't know but Dustin played soccer so he did know that Caught it <laughs> um, so that's particularly embarrassing too right I mean especially at that level um also ice baths are we used to have to like put like sit in ice baths after games It sucks.
0: It's, uh, yeah. Is it for your muscles? Like why does a person do that?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's to reduce inflammation. So for your joints and muscles to hopefully speed up the recovery process, um, it's really, it's, I mean, it's good for you, but it's very unpleasant.
0: Yeah. I mean, it does not look pleasant. And and in this episode, we see Ted come in and talk with him. One of my favorite lines from this (laughs) episode, maybe it's yours as well is when Ted said, not only does Ted say, Hey, I mean, Ted says, you messed up, but I've got your back at the, in this conversation. Um, and Roy is like, you know, clearly still, still feeling bad and, (laughs) and Ted's trying to, you know, comfort him. And then he says, look at you in there looking like a brunette Oscar, the grouch. Did you write that (laughs)
1: it's a good Ted
0: loves a reference look at you in there looking like a brunette Oscar the Grouch and made me laugh so much yeah I in that scene
1: I liked Roy asked if everyone was gone and Ted is like yeah everyone's out of here except for and he said except for Rojas he's out there still running drills and Roy goes what an asshole and, to it, and Ted's like I know right <laughs> I just liked that little rapport building right like you don't see that energy from Ted. But he even he was like, I know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Good call. That's a good observation. Yeah. So what? Okay, well, now I'm just excited about hearing your observations with identity management and Roy, what are you noticing?
1: Well, I mean, it's I think that this episode is particularly interesting given like we talked on the podcast a while ago about my struggles with like being injured and my identity as a runner. And I think I kind of talked about that. And I So this, like this episode and Roy's struggle felt like very near and dear to my heart because it is, if your whole life has been about this one thing and like, I clearly was not at the level that Roy Kent was right. I'm not a professional, but my whole life from the time I was like six years old was like, first it was like playing with the idea that eventually this would pay for my college for me basketball. And then it was like getting to that level and making sure you maintain your position on the team. And then all of a sudden it's over and you're like, like, what am I now? Like, what, who am I? What do I spend my time on? What do people think about me? Because my whole life I've introduced myself as this thing, as an athlete, as for me, you know, it was basketball for Roy. It's he's a footballer. Mm -hmm. And so I think the other thing about sport in particular is when you are at high levels of it, that's all you do. It is your whole life. Like, it's even in your off seasons, you're thinking about, like, what do you need to be doing to prepare for your season? And I think, like, that for Roy, who is, what, in his late 30s, it seems, mm-hmm. that... It's hard. I mean, jumping forward a little bit when Keely is talking to him, like, it's a sweet scene. And I think she does a nice job. But there is also a part of me that's like, she's like, it's just a game. And I'm like, yeah, but it's his whole life for like the last 30 years. Yeah, more than a game to him. And I think like we that's, that's hard. And I imagine a lot of people have experienced that about various things, right? I think even you could even connect this to like divorce, and like your identity is that of a couple, and then when you have that breakup, like who are you
0: outside of that couple? And or, Rebecca is kind of going yeah. through that,
1: yeah, yeah, ahead. or
0: or parenthood. I mean, I feel like a lot yeah. of people go through. I mean, I know it's a different, it's a different kind of example, but you know, I I feel like a lot of people I know, and maybe I've just heard more mothers talk about this, but I think um, it's, I'm sure it occurs for fathers as well. Um, but I've I've heard a lot of women talk about like just the identity shift that takes place when all of a sudden you you have a child to take care of that you, you know, before then that, you know, that you're, you're in this new role. So whatever it is, right. Just the idea that these, these major like transitions in our lives, these shifts in our identity actually do make a difference. I agree with you that though I adore Keeley And I know she was trying to add some levity to Roy's experience at that point, her just being like, oh, it's just, you know, it's just a game or whatever she says um, is, yeah, is maybe not fully seeing him in that moment.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and that has kind of been her position through all of this. And it does make me laugh a little bit that she's like, it's just a game. You prance around with a number on you, like, ha ha. I'm like, I mean, that game is also paying your salary now, girl. So yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I like (laughs) yeah, I I just think there is a level of it that I'm like, all right, yeah, it is time for him to reimagine what his future is, but also to reflect and, and note that like, while for him, perhaps, football was his identity, that isn't how other people, that isn't the only way other people in his life viewed him, right? Like, we see that demonstrated really well with the little interaction with him and his niece who describes him and in no way talks about football, right? She talks about yeah. all these other things she loves. And I know when we teach about identity, one of the things that I teach in my classes is this ascribed identity versus avowed identity. Do you teach that with those, that language? I I picked the language up from one of the textbooks we had, but event, uh, essentially Um, ascribed identity are the identities that other people place on us. Mm -hmm. So, and then avowed identities are ones that we have accepted. And so you can have Mm -hmm. an avowed identity that is also ascribed to you, right? Like Mm -hmm. I did for Roy footballer, Mm -hmm. athlete, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. those are both, but you can also have identities that you've avowed that others don't ascribe you. And you can have identities that are ascribed to you that you don't necessarily avow. Mm. Um, And I think that that's an interesting way to think about it, right? Like he hadn't avowed those parts of his identity
0: that Phoebe had ascribed to him. Mm. Ooh. Yeah. I love how you point that out. That's Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's such a sweet conversation and, that is interesting to think about the difference between how other people see you and the identities others place on you and the identities that you, uh, you know, own inside yourself. Yeah. That's interesting to think about. Yeah. And I mean, in in this episode, we see, and we'll talk about this more later, but Ted Trying to have a conversation with Roy later, right after we after the ice bath scene, we have another stadium scene where Ted, in a in a in a way in a Ted way, starts to talk to starts to talk to Roy about this potential change that they may need to. Um, I mean, what are they trying to do? I mean, they're not fully benching him, right? They're just putting. They're not starting him.
1: I mean, in football, not starting him is benching him. I mean, there's only like two substitutions you can make ever in a game. So it they they are benching him. Okay. I mean, there's a lot of gravity with what they are that making choice. a choice to do, yeah, yeah, that could have ramifications. and And Ted even kind of says later on when he's talking to Beard about how, like this could mess with Roy's financial future, like him not starting and him not being a regular player anymore really could have some long-term ramifications for him like this Mm -hmm. is this is ostensibly the first step toward the end of his career Mm -hmm. Um, and you know that isn't something to take lightly and also it is the natural path for something like sport where you do age out like that is the reality of of this
0: yeah that's that's I'm glad you're Explaining that a bit more, and I one thing that I I want to observe that I noticed is that in that scene, Roy whatever Roy says, what does he say? I think he just says "fuck you" and he leaves. Yeah,
1: yeah. He, well, we he is, knew it was coming, right? Like he knows. Know.
0: Yeah, and he was like, "You said you were going to have my back, and fuck you." Right in that moment, one thing that I just want to point out from that because I was thinking about it um, is as Roy leaves Ted Ted sits there and is just appears to be pretty calm in the situation around Roy's response mm-hmm. i was thinking about all of the ways that people act when they're angry and when you know them like Ted probably expected Roy to behave that way and to have that sort of response. So I was just watching that interaction. And I was thinking about, I've I've been doing my own learning a lot this year about conflict and how people respond to conflict. And, you know, I, I, you know, people with tempers, I've been trying to just try to understand this better because it's not something that I experience, And I do think it's interesting to watch Ted almost expect this out of him and not be worked up by the fact that that's how Roy responds, but to just let him leave in that moment.
1: Mm-hmm. I also think that Ted thinks he deserves that reaction. Like, I, I think that we, and we kind of see this, this is I know this is jumping a little bit into Ted's journey in this, but it's, these are so tied together So Ted is wrestling with this, right? Like he wants to be the person. This is part of his identity is he is the coach who is an advocate for his players. He is a leader. He is, he is the one who is always going to be building them up Mm -hmm. and he wants them to trust him, right? He talks about, he doesn't care about winning and losing. He cares about the the people's developments, right? And, and he has gone to a place where Roy, where he is seeing the outcome of that Roy is developing as a leader. And now what Roy is saying is like you said you have had my back and you like you're all talk you're not you don't actually have my back and Mm -hmm. I think Ted because that's such a part of his identity he's like yeah I deserve to be yelled at right now like this reaction is okay because I like because he thinks he deserves that like he it's almost like he was like yes yell at me I like I I deserve to be yelled at in this because I am not
0: doing that thing
1: Mm, kind of like guilt does that make sense
0: it does it does I definitely didn't see it that way when I was watching it but I understand with that I I can understand that that like character journey for him as well when I was watching it it looked I mean my interpretation of it was just that he was also um, I, I mean, maybe also, I I didn't think about the fact that he thought that that was, I think we're saying the same thing that he thought it was an expect, it was an expected response. It was not a surprise response and whatever his like motivation was for it. I understand. I was, I was thinking about it from a per- perspective of somebody who knows people really well and was able to just, instead of, you know, immediately have a response to it. It seems as I recall in the scene, he, you know, he just stays there and sits there and doesn't, I mean, he doesn't yell back. He doesn't get, he doesn't get taken into Roy's drama in that moment was, I think the thing that I was Mm -hmm. interested in in watching it, but maybe, maybe he does feel that way. I don't, uh, yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah. I mean, we, we, we don't know.
0: We don't don't know how Ted feels really.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It is interesting because I, I have such a soft spot for Roy because I love him so dearly, but it is, it is tough when you see him behave like that Yeah, because you're like, yeah, that's not cool. You've been in sports. You, you know, the more rational part of my brain wants to be like, look, man, you've been in sports your whole life. You knew this was coming. You saw this happen to people before you. And, Mm -hmm. and again, this is just like anything, right? Like it's so easy to watch other people go through something. And then when we're going through it, we're like, but I'm unique. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But you know, like, Ted has been there for him. Oh, totally. Done everything that he says. And like maybe screaming fuck you at Ted is not
0: the no, I mean like,
1: <sighs> not fair. <laughs>
0: Yeah. It's definitely not. He's definitely, what did he, What did we talk about last episode? I think it was where he was like, I'm not a baby child. Like in that moment, yeah. he's being a baby child about it. But I, 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 you know, I mean, that is, that is that kind of response, right? It's like, he's not actually angry at the right person in that situation. <laughs> he's, he, you know, but it is, uh, it is a behavior that some people use when they're upset. Mm -hmm.
1: i suppose too when we think about leadership like that is the reality of being a leader is sometimes you have to hear like let people feel their the way they feel and you have to kind of stand firm in your position that's where ted like you know he doesn't quite stand for i mean he does to Roy. rory never really knows his wavering but um but we I know, think we of, know he's yeah, struggling. Yeah, we know. He yeah. kind of is like wavering. And, and I think that that is part of leadership, right? Is sometimes you yeah. have to make decisions that suck. And yeah. like somebody is not going to be happy. That's, yeah. you can't always make everyone happy.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about them more as yeah. we think about Ted, but yeah, yeah. So what else about Roy though? Anything else about Roy that you want to talk about?
1: Well, he does eventually apologize to Ted, mm-hmm. which is great. He- under you know it's like he, he took, had that went and had that conversation with keely and phoebe and reflects on his identity right like think thinking about i think he's starting to redefine himself he's in that mix and i think you know when we look at identity and how we construct it so much of it is socially constructed right it's how other people talk to us um, the way that they reflect the things about us that we want to see or we don't want to see. It's all created socially. And I think Keeley and Phoebe did a really good job of helping him to kind of see a little bit more. And so Roy takes accountability, which is, mm-hmm. you know, I think the theme of Ted Lasso as a show is be accountable. Yeah. And he apologizes <laughs> to Ted. and And they kind of come up with a compromise or a potential compromise, which I really liked how, um, they did that where Ted said, you know, we can call you, we'll, we'll just say you're injured. Like this mm-hmm. doesn't have to be, this can be a little bit of saving face. It's not yeah. the embarrassment that being benched would be.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I I love that he is willing to go and apologize and that they come up with a way to move forward and at the end of this episode we see Roy accepting his new role and 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 taking that on and yeah, it's just it's it's neat to watch his journey throughout this.
1: Yeah, I also think that what was really cool at the end is when he shows up and he he puts on the jersey demonstrating that he understands his new role as a second teamer, right? He's not a starter and he immediately takes away the awkwardness that would likely be present if he hadn't said something, mm-hmm. right? Like when you see somebody who is your captain who has been, you know, this this player who has all this lore around him in the league for all these years and he is just, you know, been demoted. Bummed. Yeah. Yeah. And he he doesn't just like come in and be like okay I'll play he puts it on and he's like that's it we're gonna kick your ass and it like it allows everyone to relax and understand Mm -hmm. that he is a part of that decision it's not something that just happened to him and like Mm -hmm. that is also true leadership is acknowledging your role and how you can best serve the team or I guess maybe it's not leadership maybe that's that is being a teammate yeah it's it's being a teammate, understanding your role yeah Uh, And I just love, I I love seeing, like, we just are seeing the ripple effect of Ted in Roy and how he handled that. And then we see him touch the believe sign at the end. I know.
0: I like that part too. Yeah. Roy is growing a lot.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, okay. So next up, do you want to talk about Rebecca next or Ted next?
0: Let's talk about Rebecca. Okay. What do you Rebecca? want to talk about, Ted? Do you want to talk yeah, about Ted?
1: That's why. I am. That's okay. Why I <laughs> if I have strong feelings, I will say them. Okay. I am Roy in that way. <laughs> uh, okay. um
0: Yeah, I really like Rebecca's journey in this as well. What were you going to say?
1: Uh, I mean, I think we see what I thought was cool about this episode is how it's also a little bit of identity management or identity construction navigation for her. And it it's almost like she like had two paths, like she got to a fork in the road and had to make a decision in this episode of what kind of person she was going to be.
0: Mm. Mm. That's what I- Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So at the beginning, we basically see Keely come in and say, have you done anything yet? Basically, and that it would change how, you know, Rebecca says, what would it change? Like, what would it matter if I, if I tell Ted now and Keely says it would change how I felt about you, how I feel about you. And that means something to, that means something to Rebecca.
1: Yeah. I mean, our identities are socially constructed, how are the people in our lives we care about Think about us matters. Like yeah. that's why, you know, you all might have experienced some weird dynamics at Thanksgiving or <laughs> over the holiday season. Uh yeah. So Keely's pressing Rebecca. I think that's the most frazzled we've seen Rebecca is when she calls Ted into her office and is like trying to trying to come clean and like just jibber jabbering. And even Ted is like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah.
0: And he even goes, like, are you all right? There's some really good physical comedy between the two of them in that scene. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah and then- she's
0: she's procrastinating, she's avoiding, mm-hmm. she doesn't really, she she knows that like it it clearly matters to her. Keeley's Keely's perspective and opinions ke- clearly matter to her, which I think is interesting. Keely plays such an interesting role in this in in this show. Um, so she cares, she cares. And she also cares about Ted, but she's also totally avoiding saying something. And basically he leaves, right? And then we see Rupert come, oh, oh gosh, he's just so horrible. Then she's interrupted by Rupert who shows up and says that, you know, tells her that he's having a baby and is horrible. And she's clearly upset by all of that. I mean, there's just a lot that's, Happening for her in a short period of time,
1: and we get a little bit of I think, a little more context in their relationship around, like, there seems to be the implication that maybe she wanted children and he didn't seems and they like ended that. up not right. like there's some there's some sort of feeling around that. And it doesn't seem like she's struggling with that
0: a lot, but it's just like another hit, no, I mean, her eyes fill with tears. like yeah. there's something, yeah, it is it is definitely yeah I mean he's just awful again to her
1: mm-hmm. just for no other reason than to be cruel I think is the thing that like really stands out about this particular interaction mm-hmm. um and I so I'm curious when you watched this for the first time and you saw her like fill with tears and walk to go to find Ted after she Mm -hmm. had this interaction with Rupert what did you think she was gonna do did you think she was gonna do what she did
0: which was come clean oh gosh I don't remember what I thought the first time I think so I think so what did you think
1: I thought she was gonna go retaliate and take it out on Ted
0: because mm. up
1: until this point she has every time Rupert has interacted with her mm-hmm. she has turned around and done something cruel right like he mm. punches her she punches somewhere else mm-hmm. and so my fear was like oh god she's gonna go like be scream awful. at him or be right like she's gonna go do something I was so nervous that that was going to happen and so it felt like a real subversion when she just apologized like it was, it was a shock.
0: <laughs> yeah. Rupert is definitely uh in, in an, in an odd way, the like final catalyst for her to make a new choice. Right. I mean, I think she sees, I don't know, but it seems that she sees everything he is and how he behaves and how awful it is. And that actually, instead of, yeah, you know, being hurtful towards someone else, she makes a different choice.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I think earlier when she was talking with Keely, she said something and I can't remember exactly the phrasing of it. But she basically was like, you know, how would you it, how would you feel having to come clean to somebody who did absolutely nothing wrong? And it's it, something along those like, that you did something absolutely terrible to somebody who did nothing wrong. It was something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And I think like that's she was realizing in the moment with Rupert, like he, that's what he's doing to her. Like he is being. Mm-hmm ruthless for no no reason like what has she done to him to warrant that and all of a sudden like she I think it everything sort of came into focus for her realizing like who do I want to be like do I want to be the Rupert in this mm-hmm. situation who am I and like that's what I mean but I think it's a fork in the road she has mm-hmm. a decision like she sees I can either go one way and be Rupert or I can go another way and be better and yeah. Keely will respect me and you know I will feel better. I won't be inflicting pain and harm on people who are like just trying to do good things. And she chooses that path because I'm sure because Ted is such a warm, loving person in the world and he has brought everyone like into the light.
0: Yeah. I mean, she sees that on some level, she's seeing that she has options as she watches Keely's behavior, as she watches Ted's behavior. She must be real. I mean, we see her, I think, realizing that she can make a different choice and she does make that different choice. And, and she is very thorough. I thought very thorough in how she apologizes and takes ownership of everything that she's, I think everything that she's done to try to sabotage the team. And, um, and, and maybe at that point, she just doesn't have any more fucks to give. Like, I don't know if she's just like, I don't know what else to do. Like, I guess this is what I'll do now. Right. Cause she's like, and I better do it right now. Um, but she does. And Ted's amazing. (laughs) Because I don't know that I, when that happened, I mean, what I do think is I wasn't sure that Ted was going to forgive her. I remember being like, oh, wow, like what is going to happen now? Because those, that, that's a lot of betrayal. Yeah.
1: And I I also, I, I had the same feeling like, is, are we finally going to see the crack in Ted? Like, I think yeah the whole time I was watching the show the first time, I, I, I know I kept waiting a little bit for the other shoe to drop with Ted yeah like is, is there is he really this pure and yeah. good and like when he had that little interaction with Nate I was like "Ooh, is this it like
0: is this him? right are we gonna see this new yeah are we gonna see this new side to him yeah
1: yeah has he been repressing the you know the darkness and and then when he apologized right away you're like okay maybe not and and then this I felt like was sort of like this last test of like okay if If there is darkness, it is coming out now, and like Ted stays true to who he is, and like what his thesis is as a person, which is like lead with kindness and forgiveness, and God,
0: that seems so hard. I'm like, I wouldn't need, I wouldn't need it a minute. Yeah, I would have maybe needed to take a beat. I mean, and he's so genuine. He he says, "I forgive you. Divorce is hard." it makes folks do crazy things. And then he likens it to him flying across the world to coach this team. Right. I mean, it is really interesting when we look at the, the parallel experiences in their lives that he sees that too, in that moment, and that he's able to so quickly offer forgiveness. It does seem genuine and it does seem like, I don't, do you think that he knew, do you think he knew anything before then? There, I've been wrestling
1: with that just today since watching this episode again. Because, I mean, one thing that we talked about—I don't know if it was the last episode or just one of the most recent previous ones—is that Ted is like way more aware than we have yeah. been giving him credit for. Yeah, and and so part of me is like, maybe he—I mean, he knew he knew Rebecca initiated the trade with Jamie. Mm-hmm. Like he knew. That she was shitty in that moment. I don't know if he suspected anything else. But now well, I, I do question because I'm like, God, he's pretty with it. Like, he's observant.
0: Well, and I feel like if a person were blindsided by that, they would have needed another beat or two. The way he's so, and I mean, granted, maybe it's just Ted and he's just able to forgive very easily. Like, who knows? But I think there's, it's it, he doesn't look shocked when she yeah. can when she confesses all of that, so maybe he didn't know all of it. But I imagine, since, like you said, he seems to be more savvy than we start we we initially give him credit for that he's must have asked himself, "Why am I here? Yeah, like how did this happen? Like the, I, you know, I mean, it seems like he must have asked himself that anyways, the the way he mm. responds so quickly makes me wonder if he had some inkling.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good point. I also was just thinking how, um, you know, we teach fundamental attribution error, or I do in my class, and essentially that's like, in a nutshell, we if we behave badly, it's circumstantial, and if somebody else behaves badly, it is their, their, their whole internal problem. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So like if I cut somebody off in traffic, it's because I am rushing to this doctor's appointment and I have to and like I have special circumstances and somebody else does it. They're an asshole. Right. And I think Ted in this instance in particular is a great example of not using fundamental attribution error. He is taking what he has learned through his divorce journey and just being a generally empathetic and compassionate person and saying like, yeah, these circumstances sucked. And it's hard. And we behave badly sometimes when you are in pain and like, that is not all that you are. Yeah. And I think, you know, again, this goes back to identity. He's now reflecting to Rebecca that she chose that path. She chose the path of accountability and kindness, as opposed to cruelty. And I hope, like, I imagine this is like, what is going to be part of the rebuilding of her identity.
0: Yeah. I mean, she he says, let's shake hands and she gives him a hug, which is seems rarely out of character for Rebecca up until this point, you know, that she is so physically appreciative of him forgiving her. And then he says, if you care about somebody, I think if you care about someone and you've got a little love in your heart, there ain't nothing you can't get through together. Mm Hmm.
1: And who is he talking about? Is he just talking about those two?
0: I don't know who is he talking about. What is he saying? Higgins. Who? Higgins. Oh, that's what he's trying to do there. I know she says you're not just talking about us, but I was like, what? Who is he talking about? Is Uh, that who he's talking about?
1: Yeah, he's like, you need to go talk to Higgins, and then she does and apologizes and takes accountability to him
0: too. Delightful scene. Delightful scene. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, so that's Rebecca's Rebecca's journey. She's on the path now. She's on the good path. I remember the first time I watched this episode, I was like, wait a second, there's one episode left. Like, this was the. What like, now what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what else is going to happen?
0: Uh, yeah. Yay, Rebecca. Uh,
1: yeah. And then the last, I mean, the last focus that we have in terms of characters and the theme is ted and i think ted is also kind of wrestling with his identity as a coach and we've kind of mentioned this with with, especially with the roy um stuff is you know ted sees himself he said this so many times i don't really care much about winning and losing Mm -hmm. and he like emphasizes that uh, with troy Trent Mm Krim and, and says like, winning doesn't matter. This doesn't matter to me. Like that's his whole thesis. He's there to support his team. And then, you know, he's realizing that he is not a collegiate sport coach anymore. He's in the pros and winning does matter. And so now he has to kind of wrestle with like, what does that mean for how he coaches?
0: Yeah. How he is. Yeah, I mean, I think and Beard does such a good job of like helping him to see that there are other there are other entities that he has to be mindful of too in this.
1: Yeah, I really loved Beard's like Beard really losing it because we I mean that's the most words we have heard Beard say at one time. I mean, I think he said more in that than he has the whole show
0: up until this point. That's a great point. This may be his the his biggest <laughs> set of lines, isn't it?
1: Yeah. And, 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 and pointing out, like, I did really appreciate this part of it where Beard said, like, I care about winning. I, like, I care. People care. Winning isn't matters. It's sport. That is the point is winning. And as somebody who played sports for many years. Yeah. I mean, there's other things, but also you want (laughs) to win. Yeah. That's the
0: reality. And, um, yeah. and the bar, what's the bartender's name? I mean, he's like, he okay, like bringing yeah. sort of, you, you, you get the sense that Meg, is that her name? May, I think. May. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you get the sense that it's like, yeah. And all the fans also care about this too, right? Like beards, beards noticing and taking leadership in a different way, which is, I'm sure why they're a great, mm-hmm. they're great colleagues together. The beards noticing different things. Beards aware to beard is aware of strategy possibly it's it seems to be in a way that that Ted is not or at least Beard is the person that he relies on for a lot of that and so Beard's looking at a lot of other pieces and parts which is side note a great thing to have as a leader is somebody else who has other opinions who can see other things as well so yeah how great that they support one another and that Beard can show up with some beers and also like tell a hard truth to I mean mm-hmm. I mean Beard does this throughout the episode, right? Like, You're not going to like this. I understand that you don't like this, but I also need you to keep looking at this.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think I also appreciate that he he's highlighting something to Ted in that conversation too, that is an inner kind of an intercultural thing that Beard understands, which is just the mechanisms of uh, English football versus the American systems, right? Which like getting relegated is a big deal. They get less money. The team could get broken up. Like this this is not just impacting like oh we lost the season. Oh well. Like people could get sent to other places. <laughs> people could lose their jobs. This is has real real ramifications. They could they could be then having to like feel the brunt of for years potentially. And, and like Ted is not, doesn't see the big picture that way. And I think like you said, like you were just saying, Beard is such a great, like that's Beard's area. That's what his job is in this partnership. And like the hard part sometimes is getting the other person to see that part of it.
0: Yeah. So we see Ted wrestling with this, right? Like mm-hmm. the the part of him that doesn't want to quit on anyone, right? He has, we hear him earlier in his marriage saying, I promised myself I would never quit on anyone. Right. And, or something like that. Some, the part of him that doesn't want to quit the part of him that wants to, you know, has, has just gotten Roy to be a part of the team and a leader in the way that he wants him to be a leader like there's so many parts that are challenging for not only his identity but his what he's been working towards as a leader of this as a manager
1: mm-hmm. yeah i uh, the other thing i wanted to note about this is we talked a few episodes ago about psychological safety that ted mm-hmm. created with nate and and how you know you create that over time you create an environment that builds trust so that anyone can speak up and, and often not always contradict, but at least have different opinions. Right. Yeah. And it, it, I, it made me laugh the first scene where Beard and Nate sit Ted down and they tell him like, right. They, they are standing up to their boss yeah. and they clearly feel that level of psychological safety. And, and I like, how, I do also like how Ted is like, thank you so much for telling me that. I'm not going to do that, but I appreciate your input because I do think that is a real representation of sometimes how this goes. Is you know, event it is it is the boss's decision ultimately, and they can take your ideas into account. That doesn't mean they're going to do them. I mean, he does eventually do it, but in that moment, I was like, "That's a great example that just because you said something doesn't mean it's going to happen."
0: Yeah, I mean, he and he even says, "I value your opinions." Yeah. And- well, he says, I value your opinions even when they're wrong. But like, he, so there's a bit of a, there's a bit of Ted humor in there too, but he's, he is, he is saying, I heard you, I value your opinions. Now they, they press this issue a little bit by giving him the silent treatment and other things that seem to be very effective with Ted since he likes to talk. So I don't know who came up with that.
1: I mean, that's Beard all the way. Beard knows how to poke <laughs> poke Ted's buttons a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. he's like, no, we're. I'm not going to let you tell me that joke. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Mm-hmm. You've got to make a decision. I mean, they're, you know, they're pressing him because they know that their ideas, they like they know what is right. And it, Ted does too. I think that is the other part of this is it's not Ted struggling with, is that the right choice or not? It's Ted struggling with his identity as a coach and his role and realizing that he now has to make decisions that are a little, you know, it's contradicting a little bit of what has been his core identity, Mm -hmm. which is, I don't care at all about winning and losing. Mm -hmm. He now has to wrestle with that. And he has to like, you know, I don't, I don't know if it's make some qualifications to that or find a way around (laughs) that identity or shift his identity a little bit, but like, that's what he's bumping up against, I think. And, it's not the it's not a question of if the right thing to do is to bench Roy. It's a it's a
0: Ted question. It's not a mechanisms question. Mm, that's a great point. Well, and similar to Rebecca, we see him knowing that he has to have a difficult conversation and not really wanting to have that difficult conversation to begin with, which is understandable for most humans. It's not mo- most of I mean, it's kind of nice to see that Ted has some <laughs> you know, has some flaws, right? Like maybe that this is like not his favorite thing and that he's struggling with trying to make a decision about when to do this and that it won't, you know, he's worried it won't go well and it doesn't go well to begin with, right? Like all of those things play out in this. And, but he does, he does, I mean, it does seem like, as you've said, he comes to a crossroads maybe after, is it after the bar scene that he's like, okay, I got to do something about this. Is that his catalyst?
1: It seems to be that after that conversation with Beard, he knows that, like, he's got to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, Roy comes to him. And I think this is also where, you know, you've got to trust the groundwork that you have done. In the right, when you're a leader, you have to trust, like, I have done a lot of work on this relationship. In this case, the relationship with Roy, and trusting that, like, hey, that this one thing alone. Is not going to be the end-all be-all? We're going to get through this. Like, I trust that I have built enough trust that he and I can have a real conversation. And they do, right? Like, they have a pretty good conversation in Ted's apartment. They come to that compromise of saying, like, maybe you can just say that you're injured. Then you don't have to lose any face. And then, uh, and, and I think ted does a nice job in that and saying like hey i'd like for you to be at practice tomorrow i'd like for you to come to the game but you got to do what you got to do and like lets him be a grown-up and and allows rory to be like yeah okay let me think about it mm-hmm. and i think that that we didn't mention that with rory but i really appreciate that like showing that people don't always make big big decisions on at the spur of the moment like in the moment sometimes people need time to think like process Meditate on it, prayer,
0: whatever you do. (laughs) Most of us do. Most of us need some time in those situations. Yeah. And I think it speaks to the, you know, I just also want to say it speaks to the character of many of the humans in this, that Roy is also able to do his own processing, to take a beat, to do his own processing and to also essentially forgive Ted. I mean, I don't know that that's like exactly. We don't necessarily see him doing that. But he's also saying, like, okay, I'm going to make this choice for the team as well. There's a lot of stand up, but a stand up humans in this, ultimately, Higgins forgiving Rebecca for her behavior, right? In this situation he doesn't have to come back to work, but we see that he comes back to work. We see we see people, um not only, like having these identity shifts, but also navigating apologies and also navigating forgiveness in, in all kinds of ways throughout this episode in ways that I really appreciate um, the, again, that, again, that messiness of life. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, everyone gets to be a whole human. Mm-hmm. Like, I think you've said that before, but I, I think that's one of the beauties of this. And I think that's why it's such a great tool is this episode shows us like, the struggle that we all have with identity. And I think that like, if if there's one like takeaway from that, that I think is valuable is just acknowledging that like, especially when you're feeling like you're bumping up against something, right? Like all of all three of these characters were, were bumping. Ted mm-hmm. was bumping on his role as a coach. Roy is bumping on like, who is he outside of a player? Roy- Rebecca is bumping on like accepting her role. And is she going to be kind now? <laughs> And when we bump like that, oftentimes it is this like, it's bumping on who we think we are Mm -hmm. and how we define ourselves and how other people define us. And so I think that that can be a valuable thing when you're moving through life is going like, why am I bumping on this? Like, what is the, is it, how Mm -hmm. is this a threat to my identity and not a threat like it's coming for, but right. Like, how is this making me rethink who I am? Because Mm -hmm. I think oftentimes that's what it comes down to is it changes how we see ourselves. Mm,
0: I love that point. Yeah, it's a great opportunity for personal growth. Even though probably in the moment that we're experiencing, it's really fucking uncomfortable.
1: Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. It's very. And I mean, I just would will say that that we see the condensed version. Like all of these stories could have happened over weeks.
0: <laughs> you know, and in most of our lives, they probably do. Yeah. So let's keep that in mind. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh gosh, do you have a favorite Tedism from this episode?
1: Um, it's not a full tedism but i really live in the scene in the apartment ted which is such a great callback has the thing of peanut butter and he like reaches his finger in and he offers it to roy and roy's like now and he goes got a nut allergy and roy says got a finger allergy <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, that is a good really one did
1: That's you a have a favorite one.
0: I really like, there's two different lines. One is from Ted in this episode where um, he is talking with Rebecca at the very beginning about, oh, Rebecca and Higgins. No, no, Higgins isn't there. Who is he talking? He's talking to, Ted's talking to Rebecca and he says, little girls are mysterious and silly and powerful. I really like that line. I just think it's, and then Keely later on says teenage girls are mysterious and dark and dangerous. I just think it's interesting that there's these, um, these moments.
1: Well, and then at the very end, it's reflected that same kind of rhythm with Higgins.
0: What does Higgins say?
1: Because Ted gives him the, the biscuits that are made for Trent Crim's daughter. And and he like opens it up. He's like, these are definitely made for a little girl. And Rebecca's like, maybe Ted thinks that you're mysterious. That's and right. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> right, like it's kind of the same rhythms. There was a few. This episode had a bunch of interesting like repetition. I think in yeah. comedy, it's the rule of threes, right? Like that was repeated three times. I think they did the like what an asshole thing, like because they they said it about Danny Rojas, and they definitely said it. Um. Rebecca when she's talking to Higgins is like I told Ted, and he he forgave me and and Higgins is like what an asshole (laughs) and I feel like maybe it was repeated a third time
0: Um, I didn't catch that but I love that you noticed that
1: there's there's just a couple of those like you you saw it three different times and I was like "Ooh, that's that's good writing I like
0: it I definitely heard twice the body is a miracle did you catch that yes yeah, the body is a miracle at least came up. Danny, after Sam talks about his food poisoning, Danny says the body is a miracle. And then when Te- when Keeley talks about Phoebe pushing teeth or kids pushing teeth through their mouth or grown up teeth or whatever, she says the body is a miracle. I don't know if there was a third time.
1: Yeah, I don't. I think it only I know what you mean. though. Yeah, that was twice as well. So maybe there wasn't a what an asshole a third time. But you saw a lot of repetition and of, of the jokes in a w- well done way.
0: Absolutely. Can we also just I mean, this is maybe very ungenerous of me, but I really appreciated the Westboro Baptist Church burn during the conference like that was that was that was another one I just wanted to name.
1: (laughs) I think Dustin has talked about those. He he makes a couple comments like that um, that are sort of side comments that are shade, but they aren't like it, it. it's i have like really appreciated how artfully it's done because it's not enough to like catch traction where like people freak out it's just enough to like give a little shade like he's like those totally won't ever shut up and it, that's right that's what
0: he says it's like ooh burn yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. He says
1: that there's another line at some point in an episode where ted says <laughs> this is a future episode so a little easter egg for you all he he goes, "Whoa, I haven't had a welcome this bad since I wore a red baseball hat to a Planned Parenthood fundraiser. <laughs> I, don't remember that. I have not memorized because it made me laugh so hard.
0: Oh Gosh, <laughs> there's just some great lines. And for those who have similar political perspectives, you're just yeah. like, thanks. I'll give you a nod there. I'm giving you a yeah. nod. I see that. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I do have one more line that is actually another line that Dustin and I repeat a lot to each other. Uh, it's when roy is at Keeley's, and he he is kind of talking about he's like i've been roy kent my whole life roy kent's been the best player on every team right he has this whole little monologue mm-hmm. and he goes i don't know if i can handle just being some loser has been named roy roy yeah what you been up to lately fuck all. <laughs> I don't know why it's so funny to me, but we say that to each other. Like, we'll be like, what have you been up to? Fuck all.
0: (laughs) I think that feels like a great note to end on. Thank you for that. See you next week. Hey, listeners, did you know we have an online course that we've created? It is called How the F Do I Date? For anyone who is single and dating these days, you know, there's just so much that goes into feeling confident in your dating life and being able to date it with relative ease and a bit of success. So that's what we have tried to create in this online course. It combines all kinds of ideas that we've talked about here on the podcast in a curated way to support you and walk you through setting some intentions before you start dating, knowing really what you want being able to show up communicate in the way that you want to when you are actively dating whether it's an online dating or trying to meet someone in other ways and then moving from those early stages of dating into perhaps an exclusive relationship if that's what you're looking for so all of that is in this online course the link to purchase it is in our show notes and we would love to have you join us if that would support you in your dating life thanks so much for listening to the ps let's talk love podcast we want to send out a special thank you to medium build for our show music and if you enjoy this podcast follow us anywhere you listen to podcasts and if you want to support us it's super helpful if you could give us a five-star rating and leave us a review sharing what you're loving right now really we want to know
1: and if you don't like it and you got this far don't worry you do not have to listen to us again you can just you can just forget this podcast exists and
0: move along you can catch up with us on instagram at ps.welovelove love love or follow us on tiktok at psconsulting
1: If you're interested in private coaching or learning more about our online classes, go to pscurators.com to learn more and find free resources to support you. See you next time.